Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. When you're alone and wish that you could just bone, you know that you can go to Pound Town. If your head is reeling, just ignore all your feelings. You can always go to Pound Town. Romance in the podcast shows you rom-coms aren't so pretty. Like a bunch of cheating assholes who all live in New York City. Rich people suck. You know, Mikey's a ghosting king, and Todd's into Ryan Reynolds. Paige wants Kurt every week to go to Pound Town, even with a fiance. Pound Town, what would your best friend say? Pound Town, this podcast is waiting for you. Pound Town. Thank you for tuning into Romance in the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And today, Mikey made us watch his high school experience, a movie <laughs> called <laughs> Angus. All right, Mikey. So let's, I guess, dig into your childhood a little bit. Why did you make us watch this? This movie that is not a rom-com. <laughs> so I watched <laughs> I'll argue for it. I'll allow it. I, I think it's fine. I mean, I'll allow it, too. But the female romantic, quote unquote, lead has four lines in the last three minutes of the movie. And that is it. Oh, fully. This movie does not treat her like a person until the third act. Yeah. And then it aggressively treats her like a person. Yes. And I I have some thoughts on the <laughs> writing of this film. They're not all bad, not all good. Go ahead, Mikey. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Mikey, tell us more about your high school experience. Oh, <laughs> I think I think uh, this movie speaks to me in a way few films do. Uh, I, I chose it because I really loved it growing up. And also it like perfectly encapsulates the 90s. Yeah, it really does. Especially like that early to mid 90s, like 94 yeah. to 96, yeah. like right in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remembering in my head, I thought it was more of a romantic comedy. So I chose it because it'd be a fun. We haven't done like a high school romantic comedy in a while. True. Yeah. And uh, there was less romantic comedy and more coming of age. And I apologize. I'm going to apologize up front. No, listen, <laughs> I'm super glad you let us look into what your high school life was like in this movie. <laughs> I was cooler in high school than <laughs> Angus. But I, I did feel it because it's like, you know, I'm not like traditionally 
I don't know, handsome. I don't know. Uh, what the word Mikey, was. hardcore disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, all, all I kept thinking is like, why did all of my male friends live this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, there's not a lot of films that. Be, okay, so like, I was a big guy. Like, like just I was more in shape then, but I was like, you know, I was a big guy. You could still be bullied being like a bigger guy. I even yeah. beat the shit out of people who tried to bully me, like Angus. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like Angus, you were also a high school bully. Yeah. No, Angus <laughs> is not a high school bully. I love that I said that to you last night in our Facebook group message, and you literally responded with just, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I will throw you in a locker right now. <laughs> Speaking of that, I did, I sort of sympathized with that character more because I was like the small, skinny, scrawny kid yeah. who hung out with someone bigger than me, who was like my high school best friend and is a great, great guy. But one of the reasons I clung to him my freshman year of high school was because no one would mess with him. And if I was close to him, I was safe. And then we eventually very quickly became very, very good friends. But there's just not a lot of movies about big, sensitive dudes. When I make fun of this movie, know that I'm largely just making fun of you for the fun of it. Oh, I I, yeah. I thought this would be a fun time just because of how like <laughs> vulnerable. I mean, like, this sets up a pretty good episode. Oh, yeah. Mind. You guys are in for a treat, and I'm saying that going into it. But <laughs> oh, I think that. I love the thesis statement, which is a, a phrase that you use, Mikey, a lot that I like. I really love the thesis statement of this movie, and that is that nobody's normal. Everyone's dealing with their own shit. It just right. feels like because you're in it, it's only you that's dealing with shit. But everyone's dealing with shit. Even, like, James Vanderbeek is dealing with shit. It's just that he's also not dealing with it well because he's an asshole and a bully. Right. Uh, and Angus is sort of a bully, but he's sort of more defending himself than he is aggressing, you know? He's not a bully, but that's fine. <laughs> he, breaks, he breaks the same kid's nose yeah. three times. That kid starts it no. every time. Okay, so... Does he start it when he's a kid or only until they get to high school? Because it honestly felt to me like Angus was beating the shit out of James Vanderbeek all through childhood. And then when they get to high school and James Vanderbeek is like a bigger guy now, he can't do that anymore. And then if James Vanderbeek would have learned his lesson, maybe this movie would have happened a bit differently. <laughs> but like when you're treating people bad, sometimes they punch you in the face. And that is a lesson you have to learn to live in this world. I mean, yeah, I understand that. Please don't punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I haven't watched it in like 10, maybe more than 10 years. Which actually, did you watch it on TV? I bought it this time. Okay, so that might be why you thought it was more of a romantic comedy because the, t the TV cut of this movie is completely different. Really? Yes, I, I have fun facts on it later. Yeah. Okay, so that may be why. Because I, yeah. I thought I remember them like taking class, like talking more throughout the film in my mind. And then I was like, am I a crazy person? I don't think you are. I, I, and I don't think you're misremembering the movie either. I, I'll explain in fun facts what happened okay. to this okay. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I think everybody relates to like growing up and being like, I don't like who I am. Yeah. And I think that's a big, big thing. And then like, he didn't even want. I mean, he objectifies the the main female character. I think a little too much throughout the first couple of acts, but not in a way that's like disgusting. Do you mean Angus? And then when he gets, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's more just unrequited love. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah, really yeah. know her to love exactly, but he, and he doesn't really know what love is. He just has like this intense crush on her, right? And right, right. is so afraid to talk to her that it will yeah. never develop into love because he's not talking to her. Yeah. 
And by the time we get to the third act, I think we figure out that it's not really the love thing. It's just like, I want a moment and I want to yes. feel like, you know, things can happen for me. It's, it's, it's more about like him feeling more comfortable, not really her. You know, right. you know what I mean? And that's what I love about the ending. Yeah. I love the ending because it's not like, oh, he got the girl. It's like, no, he, yeah. had, he had his moment. And if the girl happens later, awesome. Right. If it doesn't, he's going to look for another moment. And I fucking loved that part of this movie yeah. so much. Coming from someone who uh, did get a chance to take out the girl he had a huge crush on in high school and ruined it because I took her to a movie I was so scared of. She never wanted to talk to me again. <laughs> I'm glad that I was. I learned that you just need to find other moments. Yeah. And that sometimes you shoot your shot and you miss. Does she listen to this podcast? I think she listens to both of them, actually. I would really like you to, <laughs> to at me, and I would love to interview you, of Todd's biggest high school crush that he ruined. I would like that to be she's, a She's going to want to get married. In fact, her husband was a friend of mine in high school. We played soccer together. Yeah, I don't care about any of that. I, I want to know all the moment in time where she decided she didn't like you. Like, what led up to that moment? I also am not sure it was a date, but in my mind, it was a date. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a question we can ask. There's some, yeah. It would be a great... You wouldn't be a part of that interview. You would just listen oh. later and edit oh, it. Oh, okay. you're going to make me edit an interview I'm not a part of that's fully about me. Maybe I am the bully. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, what did you think about the movie overall? So, I'd never seen this movie. Same. There's a part of me that wishes I wasn't watching it this week. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the last two weeks that's been like like finding out about some things that happened to friends that literally were this movie. But then also last week I listened to the edit and I feel bad because it sounds like we cut out a traumatic first kiss story from me. Oh, but it was just uneventful. <laughs> like it, it was just yeah. not a great story. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Cut for time. I feel like <laughs> cut for time. I, I feel like I didn't super like the first act, but then the movie got so much better. Yeah. And, and like within a, a handful of scenes, it goes leaps and bounds from being not written well from a dialogue standpoint to being some of the best dialogue ever. And I was like, did two different people write this script? Because the first act of this movie is bumbling its way through what it thinks are jokes to a point that I'm like, God, do I have to watch another hour of this? Like, what's happening? And then it abandons that completely and just gets into two acts of people being like, everyone feels different sometimes and you have to fight for who's you. And I was just like, oh my God, it's Boyd Dufflin. <laughs> it, it is Boyd Dufflin. But Paige, I think personally, what if I had seen this when I was eight in the eighth grade or ninth grade, I would have fucking thought the first 30 minutes of this movie were hilarious. I so did too. I, I agree with you now though, Paige. As an adult, yeah. I look back and I'm like, ugh. To be fair, I feel the same way about the first 30 minutes of Superbad. Okay, Yes. But, like, I, I kept thinking about if somebody remade this movie today, I think we would lose a lot of the jokey parts and we would just get the earnest version. Okay. And we would be left with that. And I think it would be more of, like, a Dumplin', which, although Dumplin' is very funny, I think it really rides on that kind of earnestness that 
really benefits this movie that's lacking in that first act. And I feel like I would love to see this remade today. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But maybe we should just get into this movie because there's clearly going to be a lot of unpacking of Mikey's high school career that we're going to have to get into. Yeah. I like cried like three times watching this. I was like, <laughs> this is me. We open on, he's like, my mom named me after my dad. Angus, a cow's name, and it didn't help that I was a big kid. Yeah. And mom was in labor for two days. Dad had a heart attack while she was waiting to deliver, which I will talk about in fun facts. This voiceover to explain where his dad is is because originally there's a dad in the movie that gets cut out. Yeah, I oh. stumbled across a fun fact while looking for box office information, and I was pretty shocked by what I read. I here, here there's a couple places where the more I thought about it, I was like, oh. Yeah. Can we just say yeah, it? Let, yeah, let's, let's just, talk about it. Let's unlock this fun fact because it's worth opening up. I'm so Cha-ching. I'm like sitting here in anticipation. In the original script, not only was Angus's father alive, but he and his mother were still living together as gay people attracted to like their respective genders. Yeah. So oh. essentially he is born as a fat kid into a family with a lesbian mother and a gay father who it is implied befriended each other in high school and then just like stuck it out together because they were tortured in high school, which is like, oh. like it's one of those things where I'm like, knowing that gives the story a lot more gravity where you're just like, when, when the grandfather and the mom have a conversation about her struggling in school as a fat girl, which made me cry as is in this movie. I know, on its like, own it was sad. On its own it was sad, but yeah. then to learn that like not only that, but also closeted, and that's why she has that line of, I'm tired of him having to explain his parents, which doesn't make sense in this movie as it is cut, yeah. but does make sense in the original version and they shot this movie the original like final cut of this movie was three hours long almost i would watch that i would not after seeing this i would just to see what it was like uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's would, true yeah. that's true i, I do kind of want to know but they cut about 90 minutes of footage out of this movie. They cut a movie out of this movie. They then. cut a movie <laughs> out of this movie. But when they would air it on TV, there were sections that they wanted to either for content or whatever remove. So the TV cut of this movie has sections of that 90 minutes in it that are not in the final film and weren't oh. in the theatrical release. If you watched this on TV, I don't know fully what's in those 90 minutes. I hope there's more of the female main character who literally is not treated like a person until the last 10 minutes of the movie yeah. because she doesn't speak, she has no characterization, which the one thing I will say, it's frustrating that we don't hear from her, but then at the same time, I feel like that really lends this movie the realism of how a teenage boy thinks of a girl that he has a crush on. Where it, right, it yes. doesn't even mm -hmm. occur to him that she is a person. It does depersonalize her a lot. But I do think in watching this movie, the movie comes back around to be like, you didn't even know her. Yeah. You didn't know how she felt. Yeah. You didn't know anything about her. And now that you learn things about her, we love her so much. And I do love that the movie does that. Yeah, same. 
because I feel like a lot of movies at this time really lean into us versus them and like the underdogs take over or like, you know, all the popular people are horrible and mean and it's time the underdog got their day. And instead, this movie does, as we talked about a little bit in the beginning, really swing at everyone secretly thinks they're the underdog, which is phenomenal. Yeah. So as we're going through his kind of voiceover in the beginning, the kids are terrible. And it's one of those things where the people that they're running into in high school, they've known for years. Like they've all grown right. up together in this tiny Minnesota town. This town is like how I grew up. I played a bunch of sports. I wasn't as big as Angus. You were talking about you. You were heavy in high school, but also played a bunch of sports. Yeah. I, as I was watching this movie and all their letterman jackets, I was like, I still have mine. I wonder if it still fits. <laughs> Spoiler, it do. It do still fit. I still have my high school band letter jacket, so... Yeah, we, we get it. You had a different movie than this. No, my movie was the credits of this. That's all we got. <laughs> that, is, that is true. True. As we go through the credits of this movie, it's, it's actually an actual high school marching band. Yeah, I could tell. I could hear how bad that drum line was yes. based upon mm -hmm. what they were doing with their hands. Yeah. Um, oh. And, I mean, these kids that we're kind of meeting are terrible. There's like a group of well-established bully children and Angus ends up like punching the same one of them three different times of breaking his nose. Yeah. And we also learn about like this is how he meets his best friend because he was charging five cents to see one of his cousin's pubic hairs. That's weird, right? It, well, it reminded me of 16 Candles where she's like, I can't believe mm -hmm. I let my panties to a geek. Um, but it, they weren't <laughs> related in 16 Candles. No. That's uh, what was the weirder part. I mean, it's all weird. It's all weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you know what? Pubescent adolescent boys do some weird yeah. shit. Having been one, I can confirm. <laughs> um, but yeah th I mean that's why I grabbed the jacket Because Angus is a sports kid And he, mm -hmm. that's kind of part of his identity In school I lettered in volleyball and track and field In fact I white sweatered in track Oh, Where you, oh. Where you letter four years in a row Because I was like a champion discus thrower For a while <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. I lettered in band all four years, which it doesn't really count. Even in my high school, that had a great <laughs> high school like, band. We didn't really count Band's it. not a sport. <laughs> um, they gave us letters and no one put them on jackets. Like, I don't think I ever saw one of my band friends with a letter jacket, right? We had, like, band jackets that were terrible. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I lettered in soccer my freshman and senior year. I couldn't play my sophomore and junior year because of the accident and the rehabilitation. So Right, but right. Yeah. Uh, as they get into high school, we see that basically the bully kids become the football players. And Angus is one of them, but he's not really part of their crew. Yeah, I related to this because it's like I was big enough where people wouldn't like physically mess with me. Or if they did, I mean, I've told some stories like this before. I would immediately just like lash out physically. Yeah, because you were the bully. No. <laughs> if you start it, you're the bully. If you that's don't fair, start it, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, the bully. Yeah, yeah. If fair. you start it, I'm going to finish it. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't start no shit. There won't be no shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I mean, like, he's still bullied, like, emotionally and, like, psychological warfare abound, which is, like, something that happened to me in high school. I mean, like, and, like I think it happens to 
to everyone because children are like the meanest people on earth. Yeah, they can be. I don't remember the first time I realized that I was fat and going to be made fun of it, but I was trying to think of it last night and I was like, probably first grade. <laughs> like, I, I feel yeah. like from that point forward, I knew that that's how the world saw me. And, and it really kind of illustrates that in this movie too, where it's like they constantly make fun of him. Like for his entire life, he has been the fat kid. Yeah, th that's the first time he broke that kid's nose because at a birthday party, they were like, he points at him, he's like, that kid's fat, and then everybody laughs, and then he breaks his nose, <laughs> which I think is fine. Yeah. Which I think is fine. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, something I really relate to in this movie is Angus is a very sensitive guy, a lot of heart, like, talks very emotionally, things like that. And, of course, the guys in the movie, you know, they call him fat for talking like that which is something that back in the 90s or back in the 90s 2000s when i was in high school definitely happened oh all the oh time. yeah we just don't use that word anymore like because it's horribly offensive but yeah that was a word that people threw around like candy back in the 90s yeah i i never say that word I mean, you know especially now you know my brother came out but like i got called that a lot yeah. because i was a sensitive Bro, dude. same i'm a sensitive dude that was in the band that loved musicals i was called that all the time <laughs> But why are you not sensitive? I am sensitive. <laughs> I, no, here, here's what I will say. You're probably not sensitive because when people bully you for a long enough time, you stop feeling bad about them. <laughs> and then you become a roast battle comedian. And people were like, Paige, I had no idea you were so mean. And I was like, you were too busy laughing at me for being a fat kid. <laughs> uh, but this is also the first couple scenes where we see Melissa Lefevre, who is... His uh, I, love interest isn't Crush. even the right word. Crush, infatuation. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is, you know, dating the meanest of that bully group of kids, which will, as they get into high school, turn out to be young James Vanderbeek. And as we get into high school, we kind of open on their football game where we kind of see all the bullies. And then we see Angus and then we see Troy, who, by the way, that character plays himself for like two out of the three flashbacks to the point where when they get to <laughs> high school and he looks the same and he looks the same i'm like why is a child in high school this is a <laughs> child <laughs> this is not a teenager and i know they're trying to make him be like the little teenager yeah he just hasn't hit puberty yet yeah yes yeah, yeah the guy who hasn't developed and it does establish that it's freshman year dude when you're seeing him in his football pads he's like Hysterical. an owl they're like 80 percent feathers and like 10 percent body and the other 10 percent i can't do math <laughs> but like he he looks so tiny next to angus also in football pads i laughed out loud when i saw that for a hot second i was like Oh, the Shermanator is so tiny. <laughs> the kids all look like actual high school students. Point for this movie. Yeah. And we cut to a chemistry class where Angus is kind of demonstrating what will be the thesis statement for this movie. His idea is basically if you can introduce an interloper if you want like yeah something that is uncommon to a system into a homogenous system and it can last long enough it can convert the system into a new system and he's testing it through the whole movie and what they do try to do at the end is compare that to like you're different and the world is its own thing. But if you can just last and be you, you'll be okay. And I feel like couching it in this chemistry thing kind of 
buries the lead on it until the very end and it doesn't have as much yeah. of a payoff as they think um but what we're supposed to get from this scene is just that he is good at chemistry yeah and as the class is letting out this is where we kind of see all of the football players again which we i guess we kind of blew through it because we were talking about trauma during the football <laughs> game the night before he tackled somebody which caused them to drop the ball and then James Vanderbeek ran it in for a touchdown and no one really recognizes that like his tackle was instrumental to that happening no but it I mean the person who scores the touchdowns gonna get the recognition right like that's just yeah. the way it is the crowd's gonna lose their shit for the person who got it done not the person who got it started yeah, no, I yeah. yeah, I agree. And and he does seem to take like some offense to that, which I was just like, that's that's just football, dude. You're a tackle. That's your job. Yep. As the other football players are leaving class, we see A that it's James Vanderbeek, but also B that it's that guy from Entourage. Yeah, it's E from Entourage. Yeah. And he yeah. looks the same. Same height, same looks, <laughs> he same looks everything. Conservatively 37 in this movie. <laughs> and he's just smaller. He's just a smaller version of exactly what adult him looks like later, yeah. which is wild. Yeah. When I saw him, I knew immediately. I wasn't like, oh, that looks like a young E from Entourage. I was like, no, that's E. That's I know e. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is how he looks fully 20 years later when he's in Entourage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same jacket, too, except then in Entourage, it's going to be a fashion statement jacket. <laughs> anyway, the as they're leaving class, the teacher pulls Angus aside and is basically like, hey, the principal wants to see you. Yeah. So he goes to the principal's office and finds out that his application to a local science magnet has been accepted. And he just has to do a science project and basically have an interview with them so that he can go to that school. It's like a prestigious science magnet school or whatever. Yeah. And I really like that the principal of the school in this movie seems to actually know him yeah it seems like the principal has a dedicated interest in him and knows who he is and what he does at the school and he actually says to him like hey if you don't go then i won't have to worry about us losing our best jv tackle so he's the one that's like i saw what you did last night yeah i feel like every interaction with that principal is really kind of sweet I think it's great, yeah. That they really play it as like he wants the best for Angus and understands that he's being bullied, but is trying to like get him through high school. <laughs> like <laughs> the yeah. horrible roiling sea of sadness that is high school. So I really like him. We cut home to Angus's house where he's arm wrestling his mother, Kathy Bates, who is great in this movie. Uh, at one point, she's giving like a speech at the end. And I just wrote in my notes, how did she get all the good lines? <laughs> <laughs> I do love her in this. She's great. She is great. We find out that she's a truck driver and her CB handle is bruiser. I love her. <laughs> yeah. I love her instantly. She's so great. And he tells her that he's got the interview for Jefferson and she freaks out. She's so happy. And I feel like in teen movies, parents are often aloof or absent a lot of the time uh -huh. because they're not the point of the story. Yeah. And this movie really involves her. But as a loving, caring mother where they have a great relationship, she understands a lot of what he's going through and I love her in this movie. Same. She is great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. We also find out that his grandfather lives with them and he has to wake him up with uh, 
a vinyl copy of Taps yeah. every time. <laughs> so he wakes his grandfather up. They all sit down to dinner. And at dinner, it's not immediately clear what they're talking about, but we kind of figure it out as it goes along. We find out that his grandfather's getting married to a woman 30 years younger than him, and he's like 73. So she's supposed to be like 43. I guess. But they're planning this whole wedding that's going to happen at the house. Yeah. And there's kind of this just like, why are you even doing this? And I do think that this is a subplot that is not handled well in the first act, but is handled so well at the end of the second act that like, I wish we got to spend more time with the woman that he is going to marry. Yes. And I wonder if that's in the 90 minutes that's cut. That's what I was, I think, I bet that subplot's been cut Maybe. out a lot. Because at this point, we don't really understand it. We don't see her around. She's not with the family. So, like, everyone seems to be kind of suspicious of her and just be like, why are you doing this? And the grandfather, throughout the movie and starting in the scene, is just kind of like, because I liked her. And she was nice and we got along. And so have your moments in life. Screw everybody. Like, yeah. I'm marrying her. Yeah, I love the grandpa's philosophy. Me too. Just like, you know, yeah. fuck them. Do your own thing. Yeah. So we cut to lunchtime at school the next day. And Troy is just like mainlining some nasal spray. Do you think it's because his parents do a lot of coke and he's trying to emulate their <laughs> what they're doing and they use a lot of nasal spray? So. No. I got the impression that that he's just that kid. He's the kid with all the food allergies. Yeah. The kid that didn't, didn't quite develop right. The kid that is sick all the time. Like, sure. He's that kid. Um, but so as he's snorting nasal spray, he just turns to Angus and just says, I'm swallowing snot. It doesn't taste that gross. And Angus <laughs> is just like, why is this my friend? And, yeah. and also, why do I sweat so much? And this is the first time we get the introduction of them trying to win Green Day tickets online. Well, not online, on the radio page. That, that's true, on the radio. <laughs> Which was online for the day. So, for the yeah. day. I mean, Dookie had just come out in 94. This movie came out yep. in 95. Yeah, this was included because production on this took a long time because of all the stuff that got cut out and the changes and everything. So it may have been included before Dookie actually came out, and I have explanations for why. Oh, no shit. All right, cool. So Troy is basically like, you can't go to that science magnet. You'll be a nerd forever. You'll never get babes. Girls don't want brains. And I'm just like, girls would be happy with a tech salary. Get off his back. Let him go to science school. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. But in that time period, Jax did sort of rule the school, which is one thing that I love about um, the 21 Jump Street movies how they sort of uh, tackle how that's changed in like a generation. And I think that that's a hundred percent true. I so badly want to watch those for bromance month or whatever. <laughs> I love both of them. Yeah. But his friend Troy is basically like, stick with me. I play the accordion. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I know how to get chicks. Weird Al has unlocked the secrets. <laughs> Let's do it. This is at a time period when Weird Al was a pretty big fixture in my life. <laughs> I mean, here's yeah. the thing. Playing the accordion is actually very, very difficult to do. So is calculus, but that never helped anyone get laid either. <laughs> okay, I, I've, only, I've known a handful of accordion players. and I Oh, have you, Paige? Paige has got a type. Oh, yeah. What are, they got what? good fingers. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Paige, you just proved my point by the way you reacted to my joke. Thank you. You uh, fell for my I, trap. <laughs> I went to high school with a kid who played accordion. Oh, yeah? And he was just drowned in yeah, it? Yeah, was he popular? No. Uh -huh. <laughs> he was drowning from the swirlies. <laughs> he was my height, give or take. I didn't realize you went to school with E from Entourage. <laughs> Basically. 
So they walk into school and people are passing out flyers for the winter dance. And Troy is like, wouldn't it be funny if we went to the dance? And for a hot second, I was like, is he in love with Angus? Because that's a weird turn for this movie to take. And I'm here for it. I also love that the girl handing out flyers just puts one in his mouth. Just like I thought it was hilarious, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we find out that his mom is making him go to the dance, <laughs> which is, oh, poor giant eared child. So they're walking down the hall and James Vanderbeek basically backhand compliments him on the tackle from the night before. Yeah. And picks a fight, essentially. And Angus tries to tackle him. And the principal is basically just like, hey, save your temper for the field. Because if I suspend you, you won't get into that magnet school. And I want the best for you. Yeah. And the main girl, Melissa Lefevre, sees this whole thing happening. And the one thing I... I actually really like that this movie does is that like we see her witnessing a lot of this stuff, but we don't know her actual thoughts. We hear people speak for her yeah. throughout the movie. And then at the end, we really get a, a much better idea of how she has felt this entire time. And I think the way that the movie displays how she feels at the end really 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 is in line with reality where it's this idea of like people are not constantly talking about you people are not constantly hating you people don't constantly think about what a loser you are you're just thinking that they do yeah and that's kind of something he i think has to learn in this movie but this is one of those scenes where she walks by and at the time as a viewer because you don't know her you're kind of like why is she okay with this like why is she not intervening? Does she think it's funny? Like, what's going on? And she just kind of walks through and then walks away. And we just get that shot of her and that's it. Yeah. So we cut to the park where his grandfather's playing chess and is basically like, can you talk to her once before I die, please? Which, by the way, spoiler, does not happen. No, it does not. <laughs> this scene is essentially repeated twice in this movie. With very little changes between the two, where hmm. he and the grandfather basically have this discussion of like, I'm not popular. She would never care about a guy like me. I can't do it. And the grandfather, with the wisdom of age, is just like, fuck everybody. You don't know what she's thinking. Just do your shit. Be yep. you. She might like it. You never know. You just got to talk to her. Shoot your shot. Which is like perfect advice. But it does establish the grandfather's relationship with the guy he plays chess with which I think is kind of poignant later. But yeah. this scene happens again 15 minutes later, almost identically. I think the only difference is, is the grandpa gets like angrier. A little bit, but not enough. I feel like the right. much more powerful pep talk is the one that he gets the day of the wedding. So we cut to school the next day. And there's like a pep rally for the winter ball and it's school spirit day. And he's the only one not in blue because he just is so wrapped up in his day to day survival. It didn't even occur <laughs> to him that it was spirit day. <laughs> exactly, Paige. Anyway, there's a weird section in this rally where there's a girl dressed as a recycling bin. And she has like, I'm a yeah. recycling bin and I need love. I need trash. And then Troy is like, I'm getting a boner. And I think it only exists because she kind of comes back at the end. Barely. But yeah, it's such a weird moment, though. Anyway, at this rally, they're going to announce king and queen for freshman winter ball. Yeah. This is also where we find out that Rick is class president. Yeah. And the theme for winter ball is courage. And I was like, that's a terrible theme. Give me some <laughs> under the sea or something. What is courage themed? 
What color balloons do I buy for courage? And I think that's supposed to be. Well, it's in theme with the movie. It's like the whole Superman talk he has with his granddad. Yeah. It's it's a metaphor for the movie. It's just a real yeah. terrible dance theme. So he announces that Melissa Lefevre will be the queen. And then the vice president gets to announce the king. And it is Angus. And l- this is one of the few times that this veers into better off dead territory where everyone just like the movie stops and everyone just like head on a swivel. Yeah. <laughs> Angus and Troy were like, not Rick, not Rick. Like we ju- we don't care who it is. We just yeah. don't want it to be him. And then it's Angus. And now it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. I love that he's wearing the red shirt. He's like, no, it'll know. <laughs> no, no one will see me. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone sees me and they think I work at Target. What do I do? So his friend runs out and pulls the fire alarm. Which was so sweet. It's very sweet. I thought that was so awesome. And I do like that Angus immediately knows it's a joke. He is in on it the whole time. He's like, no one would vote for me. This is this is rigged. He did it to mess with me. I loved it because it wasn't like he was he went to the prom expecting great things to happen or like Whatever he knew and I know it's not prom But he knew yeah. it was a setup From jump and I like that because it's not like Carrie in the sense that but like, This movie sets itself up Almost identically to Carrie <laughs> It's true it's true Anyway we find out that as part Of this dance he gets To dance with Melissa Lefevre Yes and he gets In his own head about it and is like she's probably Puking her guts out thinking about it And he's never spoken to her And she walks past him I honestly think she does not know it's him that was my like head cannon at this point in the movie where they announced it and they were like Angus and she was just like who's that and in this scene as she's walking past she's literally like why is that person staring at me and that's her thought process we don't get her thoughts but like the movie really kind of tries to lean you towards she's grossed out by him and then with the reveal later for me it caused me to rethink all of her interactions in the movie and I'm like no I think she just didn't know like I think that everyone is placing so much weight on what she thinks and what she believes and no one actually knows because no one has talked to her I do like sort of that they speculate the entire movie and then are wrong the entire time yeah but we are forced to speculate the entire movie because Mm -hmm. we don't get any of that during the movie which fine whatever I don't hate it I don't love it we cut to Angus's bedroom where he's still working on his science experiment and he has what I can only describe as a chemistry screensaver that he's like allegedly gleaning information from (laughs) But it's just one of those screensavers <laughs> with like the bubbles. It looks like what the early 90s thought DNA was going to look like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where he's just like, aha. Yeah. And mosquitoes and the amber. <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> no. The love interest was in Jurassic Park. She so, was in I Jurassic mean, Park. Yeah, there you go. She was. She's like, believe me, I know all about dino DNA. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're they about to go dance and she's just like, hold on to your butts. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, <laughs> yes. He, he's kind of talking to himself about like what she thinking. She'll be at the dance with Rick. Like maybe, you know, this will just be like painful for a moment for her, which is so sad that he's just like. But so real. <laughs> so real. This idea of like well I'm wrecking her night But it'll only be for a couple minutes And then he has something that like Not to compare this to Better Off Dead again But he has like 
eight by ten photos of her. That is weird, right? I was I did not like that at all. Yeah. It's a thing in Better Off Dead and Sixteen Candles, if I remember correctly, that this happens as well. It's a movie thing. It's one of those things that is acceptable in movies that is way creepy in real life. Yeah, because I'm like, how and where did he get this photo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then also it doesn't even match with his character. Like he's not that obsessive. Like he obviously has a huge crush on her. Right. But that doesn't. That's not all he lives, eats, and breathes. Like he has like a. He's like a well-rounded. Like I'm doing a lot of science. I'm doing this. Yeah. He's not even pursuing her, and he's not like he follows her around. Like some of those movies, they go very stalkerish. I think for him, she inhabits a place in his brain like a celebrity crush. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so unattainable. You're just like from afar. You're just like, oh, my goodness. Wouldn't it be great if the Witcher was real? And he's just <laughs> on the sidelines of it and then just going on with his day to day life because he's like, sure. well, it's never going to happen. So I'm just kind of from afar. Right. Yeah. And this this is one piece where you're just like, hmm, this is odd. We cut to he and Troy are looking at us like a slideshow of pictures of her. Also weird with a laser pointer. Like pointing out her stomach muscles and thighs, which I it's too far away from the end of the movie for us to like realize what's happening. Yeah. But like, I really kind of wish this was closer to the end so we have more context on it and it's a little jumbled. Um, but that comes into play later in, in a very sad way. <laughs> but what comes into play later? Her body issues. Because they're oh, talking yeah. about like, her stomach muscles, her thighs, she's gorgeous, she's thin, she's all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then given what we find out later, you're just like, it's because people have been obsessing over her body this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like without even talking to her or thinking about her as a person. Which is what I'm sure a lot of high school girls, if not all high school girls, go through. Yes. Yeah. That's why Dumplin' is great. I love Dumplin'. <laughs> uh, but we don't get any of that in this movie, really. We get a mention of it, but we don't talk about it, really. Well, here's the thing. It, it's terrible. It's not her movie. It's his right. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like her movie is a much sadder movie. <laughs> but, but it really, it's told from his point of view. And I feel like as far as he knows and understands... She's just beautiful the way she is naturally, and he's obsessed with it. Yes. And doesn't realize anything that's going on underneath the surface. But this is where Troy decides that he's going to cut Angus's hair. Now, this kind of bothers me a little bit. I love his fake haircut. His fake though. haircut's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, my problem is through the rest of the movie. He seems to be able to easily go between having the fake haircut and his normal haircut indiscriminately. Well, I mean, his fake haircut is just a stylized version of the hair he has. But they, but he has scissors, so he would have cut it, which means it would have been different, but yes. I do not think that he cut his hair. Angus <laughs> has a terrible haircut. I mean, Every version of hair they put on this kid is bad. It's so terrible. Like, he really did need a haircut. Like, his fake helmet gelled hair to me looks better than his normal haircut yes yeah no i i agree with you mikey because it gets it off his face yeah angus's haircut is bad the whole time it's bad in this movie it's bad sure. in the photo i showed you guys earlier it's just <laughs> bad it's not a it good look his, for anybody it, right it makes it makes his face look more rounded yeah. if he squared it up a bit i think it would been fine yeah, yeah 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 and that is part of a thing that i think happens a lot in female-driven movies about body image that this movie doesn't really do. And I, for me, it's a thing that's missing where think about Hairspray or Dumplin'. 
at some point in those types of stories where we're dealing with a fat girl, someone comes along and is just like, hey, you're not that skinny prom queen girl and that's okay because you've got a lot to work with on your own and that's what we're going to work with. We're going to make you the best looking version of you and still have mm-hmm. it be you. Right. And it's this like recognition almost of just like you don't have to be somebody else. You is good enough. Just self-care and take care of you. Embrace what is you. And we don't super get this until the very, very end. And there's no one really to guide Angus through it once we get to it. So that is something I do wish was in this movie. While we're talking about hair, can I show you my hair? Yes, 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 uh, yes, yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, Todd. Yeah. Oh, no. That is a real picture of me. There's so much there. Yeah. It's an extra layer. You have a head layer. <laughs> <laughs> my hair was legit down to the middle of my back at that point in my life. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you do look like you're in band. Yeah, I was a touring musician at this point in my life. No, no, no. I meant marching band, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, I mean, I had previously been a, a marching band person. In this photo, you look like you are about to give a saxophone concert. <laughs> when did you decide to stop looking like a vampire background extra in an Anne Rice movie. Oh, God, yes. It was much later than it should have been. The band lasted about six years. It was probably the last three I cut my hair. Okay. Oh, you mean when you guys were getting big? Yeah. We were to the point where we had an image consultant come in, and they the first thing they said was, ooh, you got to cut your hair. <laughs> yeah. And also shave your goatee. That Those are the two notes I got from that person. And a bunch of clothing like stuff. They should be like, you need to yeah. dress like this because what you're doing does not work for your body shape. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And also lose 40 pounds. Jeez. I don't know if I showed you guys. I know I showed it while we were recording Cult Podcast a couple weeks ago. And it's the picture that they used as evidence that I would have dated a magician. But it's <laughs> me sophomore year of college. I demand to see this. I were a rocker shag for a long time oh <laughs> my god Paige, you look like you have just come from a fucking my chemical romance show um it was it was fallout boy because at the time uh, that was my backup go-to yeah at the time i was followed following them around all their shows in southern california we saw them like five times that year there's a lot going on there. there's a lot going on there all right i'm, I'm i am sending angus michael i want to see this Oh, my God, Mikey. <laughs> I, I mean, I can still see you in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's amazing, Mikey. So this is where he talks to his grandfather and tells him what's up. Basically, he goes in to remind him to take his pill and is like, hey, they've kind of pranked me to be the prom king or you know, dance king or whatever. And I can't dance and and I shouldn't go. And it's, you know, whatever. He basically is like, I used to just beat this kid up. I could just beat this kid up. Yeah. And his this is where his grandfather's like, no. And I'm going to teach you how to dance. So don't even worry about it. And he's driving him and Troy to school. And this is where Angus is like, I'm huge. I'm constantly sweaty. It's I'm like I, I don't feel at home in my body, basically. And his grandfather's just like, yeah, everyone in your family's big. You are normal for what you come from. And everyone sweats and it's fine. Yeah. But at this point, his grandfather attempts the glow up 
unsuccessfully, where he takes him to dance classes, which do not go well. He ends up stepping all over her feet, and he's kind of having to, like, concentrate too hard to get the dances down. And then they go to pick out tuxes, and they don't have anything in his size in black. And the only thing they have, they call it plum, but it's maroon, really, as far as, like, a color. It's like a wine color, kind of. It's not a, a desirable color. Like, he, he <laughs> wants to just fit in and be normal, and they're making him go in what they call plum. And it does make him look like a plum. No, 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 no. I'm going to argue for this suit. I, I like this suit. To, I like this suit. But as a high schooler, as someone not okay with who they are, it's definitely like, I don't want to stand out any more than I have to. Please yes. just find me a black Exactly. Suit. I completely understood why he was having an adverse reaction to plum suit. I yeah. have yeah, been yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and I do think they do him a bit of a disservice with the cummerbund and the ruffle shirt. I feel like if you take those out and just give him a nice tie, it actually even looks better than it ends up. But that's not a tux, though. Like, I said the same thing, because the yeah. suit he's wearing... To his granddad's wedding funeral. Looks great. <laughs> Looks great. And it, it it is appropriate for, I think, a school dance. But Yeah, that's what I was like. Wear that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. But it's got to be a tux, apparently. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But also, this is the 90s, and 90s tuxes were different. They they were, they were bad. terrible. Yeah. They were bad. But that all that to say, I saw where his grandfather was coming from in this scene of like, try this on. It'll fit. It'll be comfortable. And you will actually look okay in it. I know you don't think you will, but you will. And to be honest, at the dance, the lighting at the dance makes it difficult to even see that he's in a different color for most of the time. I know it looks it looks black. It looks You're black. Right. But so he he doesn't even want to try it on. He's just like not having it. We cut to that night he and Troy are practicing learning how to dance with a blow-up doll named Wanda. Yes. And Troy is filming it so that they can review the tape so he knows how to dance. (laughs) It's like game day footage, Paige. Yeah, exactly. And he's talking about Melissa Lefevre the whole time of like how he feels about her. And it's actually very, very sweet because he's he's not objectifying her. He's like, she's smart. And every time I see her or think about her, I get this like pit in my stomach. And Uh, I think you mean boner in my stomach. That's what Troy says. That's not what he says. He's basically just like, no, like I get nervous. I I like her, you know. He gets butterflies. He's butterflies. It's very endearing. And we get a tiny montage of him lifting weights and watching Flashdance, which I'm like, this is just more fodder for my Troy and Angus end up together theory. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Sure. And as they're kind of going through their montage, we find out that Rick Sanford, who's James Vanderbeek, wins the Green Day tickets. I know. Oh, so funny. I, and he's just he's lifting weights and he's like, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> James Vanderbeek plays the best douchebag in this movie. He is a very good douchebag. Yeah. And his two friends, E and the other guy who yeah. didn't go on to star in a horribly sexist HBO show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're great. They're all great in this. They're all horrible. <laughs> they are all horrible and great at the yeah. same time. And yes. we cut to the high school where Troy gets kind of cornered by the bullies and he basically is like, Angus is going to blow your bonehead face off on the dance floor. And I'm just like, that's not a thing. This is not you've been served or <laughs> save the flash. Save, save the last dance. <laughs> yeah. And the way they react to that seems insane to me. The fact that James Vanderbeek at all looks concerned because he can't dance is insane to me. No one gives a shit, kid. Well, I think this movie does a great job of showing that James Vanderbeek is threatened by Angus and has been since childhood in different ways. Yeah. And, and like is insecure about 
about it. Like, you know. Oh, you mean like when someone punches you in the face every time you say something to them and they break your nose? I think that's called yeah. bullying, Todd. Yeah, I think so, Paige. I think it is. Yeah. Well, that thing you say is you're a fat ass or the other <laughs> F word. <laughs> yeah, you get punched in the face. I mean, one time he just asked if he wanted to play football and then said he was as big as a field. And then he got his nose broken. Angus was showing him the punch line. And it was, it's not a good one. He Okay, he could have had better fat jokes. As someone who has written a ton and had many thrown at me, fat jokes in this movie needed work. But I mean, like, he's good at science. Like, he's different than him. James Van is very insecure. And I think that comes across in the movie. And he doesn't really understand this guy. So then all of a sudden he thinks about it. He's like, oh, well, what if she does like him better because he's different than me? I think they do try to do that. I think the dancing is the weird element. Like, I don't oh, know why yeah. they I don't that. Think, I think that's a weird thing to focus on. But then, like, if he was yeah. like, well, what if he is a really good dancer? Because it's like, what if our bullying attempt backfires? Yeah. Well, and we find out later that James Vanderbeek can dance. <laughs> so, like, right. I don't even know what this was about. Um, <laughs> you guys don't remember, 90s was about, like, really, like, breakdancing in the center of a circle kind of thing. So, like, maybe if they thought he could do that, then their bullying attempt would really backfire. Oh, my God. But if he could have? Right? So, he basically makes James Vanderbeek nervous. And James Vanderbeek, at this point, I think he has to start plotting ways to either get Angus to not go to the dance or to make the dance so unbearable that it's not a good experience. Right. We cut to them in the locker room, which is where we find out that James Vanderbeek stole his shirt and his underwear, and they shove Troy in the lockers. Oh, man. And we we kind of realize that, like, Angus can't hit him or else he'll be expelled, so he just kind of has to take it, which sucks. But one of the things that he says, or rather that Rick, Rick Stanford, uh, James Vanderbeek, says in this scene is, you know, isn't this your dream? Don't you want to dance with Melissa? She's been bitching about it. I, like, basically making Yeah, I can't like, get her to stop talking about how mad she is or whatever. Yeah, and this was before I got to the end of the movie. But this is just me in my notes at the time was like, I don't think she is. I think she's oblivious, and I think he's saying this to be hurtful. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. Which we find out is clearly what happened. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So Angus lets it go, and he's basically just going to go to class without underwear and he comes out after school and they've run his underwear up the flagpole. Oh man, I sort of love this scene because like they're hiding, they're like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god and then like in their minds it becomes like this massive still happen to you. This has happened to me. Wait, someone took your underwear and ran it up the flagpole? No, but I mean, uh, like, oh. a little thing that it's embarrassing that happens to you, and you yes. like, think it's going to be, like, the end of the world. Oh, yeah, 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 I love that every time they cut back to the underwear, it's bigger. Yes. yes. E even subtly so. I think oh. that's very effective of just, like... Such a good gag. Yeah. By the time they get it down off the flagpole, it's, like, the size of a fitted sheet. It's, yeah, like... It's so funny. It's huge. massive. And, like, the wind is picking up. It's insane. It is crazy. And then, of course, the love interest walks by, and it, it hits her right in the face. Because the whole thing is, like, will she notice or won't she notice, right? Right, right. And she doesn't notice because she's sort of in her own world doing her own thing. You know, being a high school girl, it's got to be difficult. So she's, like, walking through mm -hmm. and, like, just not paying attention. And they're like, oh, thank God she didn't notice. And then someone calls her name. She turns around, and it hits her right in the face. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> the fucking 13-year-old in me laughed my ass off at that. I loved it. Okay, speaking of underwear and high school stories. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it, Mike. Let's dig I'm going to tell it. you about, looking back, the most obvious time people were flirting with me, and I was, like, completely oblivious. <laughs> okay. It's after football practice. I'm waiting for my mom to pick me up because I am a freshman. Yes, <laughs> yeah. sure. There's a group of JV cheerleaders around me, and they all are, like, talking to me, and then they start talking about, like, their thongs and, like, what color their thongs are. And then they were, like, talking about, like, me and stuff, and then I was like, well, y'all have a good day, and then, like, I walked off, and I was like... Looking back, I'm like, they were probably flirting. Or one of one or two of them were definitely flirting. Because that was Where a- did you go to school? Victoria's Secret? Spearmint <laughs> Rhino? Like, what's happening? It was very odd and sexual. And then I was, of course, like, time to go play Command and Conquer. <laughs> <laughs> and Google what is a thong. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Modern day Michael would have joined in and been like, mine's purple. But you know like- <laughs> I mean, the Cisco song was The Cisco song was very big at the time. The Cisco oh, that's song right. was out at the time, uh, so so everyone knew what thongs were, and that was the underwear of choice, even though it was super uncomfortable at the time. <laughs> Looking back, I was the only guy there. They kept trying to include me in the conversation, and they talked about very intimate things, and I was like, I'm an idiot. Yeah, you are. <laughs> just cold stuff. Or they thought you were gay. Oh, uh, <laughs> It could go either way. It could go either way. I know it's one of those things I look back and I was like, man, high school would have been way different if I had any sort of insight at all at the time. Yeah. Dude, adulthood would be different. (laughs) So Angus kind of stomps off angrily, understandably. Yeah. And gets separated from Troy a little bit. And so Troy gets cornered by the bullies. And they're basically like, you're going to help us play a prank on Angus. And they have him in the dumpster. They beat him up. They break his arm. Yeah. And then, like, yell at him for getting his arm broken. Yeah. Well, they toss him on the ground. And I was like, oh, his arm is broken. Like, the, yeah. absolutely, that would break your arm. The sound he makes in that scene of pain just hurt my heart. Heart. I know it's so sad. I know he's like he just starts sobbing. Yeah. Well, in that moment, that initial like screech when he hits the ground is so childlike that you're just like, oh, he's a baby. He they is a baby. He is a baby. They, they, he's like they 13. hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. So we cut to Angus showing up at the park to meet up with his grandfather doing chess, and this is essentially a repeat of that other scene. Yeah. It's just a little more forceful. But we don't tread any new ground here, really. We cut back to Angus's bedroom where he's playing with science juice and tubes, but his experiment isn't working. Well, and he's never gotten his experiment to work because it's not supposed to until it's supposed to. Right, exactly. And his mom is calling for him to come down to dinner. He's not listening. But this is where his mom and his grandfather kind of have not necessarily an argument as much as a discussion about like what they think he needs to do yeah oh is this like the big talk that was like yes this is where i sobbed yes same so i had to pause the movie cry (laughs) and then restart the movie because essentially we get his grandfather saying what he's been saying this whole time of just like He just needs to put himself out there like he's fine, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then we get Kathy Bates being like, hey, he doesn't tell you all the horrible shit they do to him. Yeah. And she just lists out things, some of which we have not seen in this movie. They may be in that 90 minutes or it doesn't really matter because within this world, she's saying them. So they happened. Yeah. But she basically gives this whole speech of like he's fighting every day 
to not hate life. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, let him have a break, basically. And then the grandfather turns around and is just like, so were you and you turned out good. I was just like, oh, God, I know. We all did. We turned out fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're right. It's such a touching scene. And you have like two amazing actors just nailing their craft here. It's so good. Yeah. It's really, really good. And the movie isn't super clear on whether or not he overhears that conversation. It seems like he might have. I didn't get the impression that he did, although I think it would have been nice had he heard it. Well, because it cuts to him in his bedroom and he's kind of paused as if he's been listening. Oh. And then gets the doll out to practice more. And his mom walks in on him. Practice dancing. Dancing, dancing. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Let's be clear. I just want to make sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, To be clear, dancing. uh, And Kathy Bates walks in on him. I love how she handles it. Well, he accidentally pops the doll, which is my favorite, because it's just like deflating in the background. (laughs) Um, But for me, for me, the speech between the grandfather and Kathy Bates is when this movie gets great. Yes. Where, like, it's been going along fine, and then that speech, I was like... It's beautiful. So like, <laughs> well, it, it like transcends from like teen movie to like, oh, this is a good film. It's like a coming of age tale. Yeah, yeah at right, that point, right, right. It was this scene, and then when the grandfather explains why Superman is the worst superhero yes! ever. Yes, I love th- that. Those scene. two scenes are so good, but we'll get to it. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was gonna say hold off till we get there because I want to talk yeah. about that one. Yeah, I love time. that scene. So we find out also in the scene that his interview for Jefferson is the same day as the dance. Yeah. And even though the interview is at three, so he's got plenty of time to get ready. And then she basically tempts him with ice cream to come downstairs. (laughs) Would work, though. That would work on me now. Yeah, same. So we get like a little cut to Troy and we don't fully see what he did, but we have to assume that he gave the bullies the tape. Yeah, clearly he did. Dancing, yeah. I like the way this is shot too, which is like a super nerd cinematography thing. But like, because they want to show you it without telling you it, so they have them like backlit at dusk by the sun, and they're uh, like on the bleachers all the way up at the top, and you see Troy's like small little figure walk up to the three bullies, and then give him the the camcorder. Oh, I thought it was great. So we cut to the very next day, which is the wedding at the house. Oh, and first we meet. April. Yeah, the fiance. The fiance. And Angus is basically running her through, like, here's when Grandpa needs to take his pills. Because that's kind of been Angus's responsibility this whole time. He's kind of handing it off. And I would just like to say that I am obsessed with April's wedding dress. I knew you were going to say that. If I had to have another wedding dress, like if I had to get married again, I would take a picture of this dress to the guy that made my last dress and just be like, make me this in my size. That's it. (laughs) Like, I just (laughs) want this dress. Yeah. I I love it. It looks amazing on her. We cut to grandpa's room where Angus goes in to talk to his grandpa and his suit is lavender and I love it. Yeah. Because it's fully him just being like, I look good in it, so I don't give a shit. Screw him. Fuck yeah. everybody. Yeah. This was like my philosophy in high school, too. Like, I shot my shot more than I had any right to shoot. And I was shot down all the time. It was the hair. I'm, yeah. I just gotta <laughs> tell you, it was the hair. <laughs> Do you want to see a picture of me in high school? We saw your prom photo with the tails. Okay, so you did see it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw yeah. That so, uh, <laughs> but yes, the girl I took to prom was gorgeous. She's awesome. Like it was. I'm surprised, Todd, because I didn't know that people wanted the butler from Scary Movie Two to take them to prom. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've never seen that movie, but I can only imagine how bad that is. So thank you so much, you ass hat. <laughs> that's, that's okay, because if it had been in college, given the photos that we saw earlier, it would be Riff Raff from Rocky Horror. Taking people <laughs> that is a compliment. Me. That is a compliment. And I will take it to the grave. Thank you. Back in this movie. So he comes to talk to his grandfather and he's basically like, hey, I'm sorry I was a jerk at the park the other day. I'm glad you're marrying April. I think she really loves you. Yeah. And that has kind of been the debate in this movie of they're like, does she really love him? Like, what's happening? I mean, she's a 40-year-old woman marrying a 70-year-old man. Like, the thought of she wants his life insurance money does, like, enter your mind, naturally, I that's think. That's like looking at my future. Although I don't <laughs> I don't think that's the case in April's life. I do think she actually loves him. But We'll get to it in a scene or two because I really yeah. like what they do with her. That's why I wish there was more of her in this movie. But so this is where grandpa gives him the speech of like Superman's not brave. He's smart and handsome and he's indestructible, but you can't be brave if you're indestructible. Right. And people who are different and vulnerable still go out and live their lives every day. And that is brave. And you're just like, oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I love this scene so much. I do too. Yeah. It's George C. Scott kills it in this scene. And by yes. it, I mean him because he dies in the scene. He he's amazing. It is just such an ingenious way to explain vulnerability to like teenagers. Yeah. Yes. yes. And like Angus, I think, gets it in the scene where he's mm -hmm. just like, I understand. <laughs> and he's kind of like explaining like, well, maybe like maybe I have a chance. Maybe I should fight for it. I don't know. And as he's doing it, he turns and it seems like grandpa's fallen asleep. And the second I saw that grandpa was asleep, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is Tommy boy all over again. Oh, no. He's <laughs> he has died on the day of his wedding. Yeah. And then he plays taps and it plays for too long. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> Dude, the scene where his mom's downstairs and she looks over and sees Angus on the stairs, fully man boy weeping. I it lost is, it. I was it crying me so cry hard. Right now. I know. It is so sad. This and the guy who plays Angus nails it in this movie. He is so, so good. Oh, his face in that scene. Oh, He's so good. And Paige, what you're doing right now was me in that scene. I was watching this right before we went to dinner for my birthday. <laughs> I, I was overly crying. Yeah. Oh. So, like, it was, it was an emotional night. Oh, God. The only <laughs> thing sadder than his face on those stairs is the next scene oh. where, oh, I can't. Can you do it? He slow walks to the park and the granddad's chess partner, who literally has no lines in this movie, but crushes his acting in this movie. Like he walks over and you got it. You, you have to know that his granddad's chess partner knows his granddad's passed away. So they have gone to the park to honor his granddad this way. It's so sad. I'm going to cry. And Angus walks up slowly and we watch the whole walk up and he moves his pawn out two spaces and puts the king down. Yeah, he it's checks so the king. Sad. I was just like, oh, God. It's I, so oh. sad. Oh, this, my God. Had, this is where I had to pause the movie and cry more. I was just like, yeah. no. Why? Literally, at the beginning of the wedding scene, when the VO in that scene starting out is, some people then leave your life forever. Yeah. I knew that George C. Scott was going to die. Yeah. Because it, you don't say that when someone gets married. It has been established that George C. Scott was going to move in with April when they got married. Yeah. Right, but you're right, still right. going to see your granddad. He's just right. marrying somebody. I knew he was going to die, but man, it's so sad. Yeah, and we cut to the next scene where he's at the park. I, I guess you have to assume probably right after 
the scene yeah. we just saw. Yeah. In a couple hours. Yeah, I would assume that Troy came there to find him. Yeah. And Troy is kind of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't go to the dance. <laughs> <laughs> but he's clearly saying that because he knows well, what the bullies have. He basically right. tells him without telling. He's like, they're probably planning something really big to embarrass you, and they're going right. to bully you, and you shouldn't go. Yeah, please right. don't go. And he... At this point, it seems like he's not going to go because the interviews that day. And I think he's just like, fuck him, man. <laughs> like, life fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> then he comes home to April. He He's like throwing away the wedding decorations and April shows up. Yeah, this is so Ugh. sweet. Well, this is the point, I think, where the movie really establishes she did love him. You mean the granddad? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it really, it's it's reinforcing that what the granddad was saying the whole time of just like you don't know if people are gonna love you you have to shoot your shot yeah and she did so there you go but she oh i'm not gonna make it through this thing. what is going on Tay? it's really sad so mikey sad. <laughs> yeah I'm sorry i'm sorry I'm so happy that you guys love this movie. It's making me... I, I am happy that you guys are having such a reaction to this, which I guess I should be sadder, but I was like, man, this this movie is very dear to my heart, and I was like, I'm going to oh. share this, and I felt very vulnerable sharing it because I was like, the parallels are just... Uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're broken. You're not crying at this. <laughs> no, I straight up cried three times watching it. Uh, yeah. Well, she, she drops off the suit. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't know, but the grandfather purchased and clearly had like planned that Superman speech because it says on the box, yeah, do not open if Superman, basically. Like yeah, you can only open this if you're gonna be vulnerable. And brave. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Paige, you're gonna make me cry. Because it's so it's so sad. It is so sad. Oh, so good. So he puts the suit on. Which, by the way, I also love that she tells him it's going to look amazing. She's just yeah. like, yeah, I love this suit. It's going to look great. Well, I mean, she was into the guy wearing a turquoise suit a few days ago. <laughs> oh, you I know, mean, a, a, la <laughs> a lavender suit. It was lavender. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it tracks uh, that she would be super into a plum suit. My favorite line of the film, after he tries it on. <laughs> I look like Moby Grape. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Kathy Bates is helping him get ready. And he's he's going to go to the dance. And it, at this point, I was like, well, what happened to his interview? Like, why haven't we seen that? And then the interview. Because it's dark outside, right? Yeah. yeah I was saying yeah. the same thing. It's dark outside. Like, the interview is supposed to be at three. Did they just skip the interview was what I was thinking. And then this very odd looking man shows up and is sort of a dick. Yeah. Well, and, and it is the interviewer. And he's just like, yeah, sorry, traffic. But this is going to take a few hours. And it, it's basically implied that Angus is going to miss the dance. Yeah. So they ask about his science experiment. And he's like, you're looking at it where he is going to be the interloper in a in a cohesive system basically just like but it's also showing the science experiments petri dish yeah, yes. from earlier yeah. where he put the foreign object in it right and you start to see it actually change the, the system it's in the red food die in the blue food die <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. mean yeah, yeah 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 but i do love that angus at this point is literally out of fucks to give yeah and he knows he, the future he wants is on the line but he is like Listen, school's a hellish nightmare. The, my father figure and granddad just died, and right. you're going to show up late and be an asshole? <laughs> Fuck you. Let's have a conversation that is real, and I love it so much. <laughs> did Did anyone else get hardcore thing vibes from those Petri dishes? <laughs> <laughs> just because he is dropping red into Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. 
Absolutely. But what he says as he gets up to leave to go to the dance is just there is no normal. Yeah. And they're like, where are you going? And he just says to mutate, which is a very <laughs> strange thing to say. But within the context of the story, it makes so much sense. Of oh, him being perfect like, sense. I think that everyone else probably feels equally as shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like the big secret that humanity yeah. has, you know, like when you're growing up, you don't know that it's just like right. everyone is just as weird and anxious and overthinking. And yeah. Everyone hates themselves just as much as you do. Yes. <laughs> but at that point in your life, you're so self-centered. And I don't mean that like in a bad way. I mean, like you're just so self-focused yeah. that you don't realize that well, you literally don't. And then people don't talk like that, especially. Exactly. Exactly. Until they're older. And then they pay someone to talk to someone like that. Yeah, because it yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. Like, if you were more vulnerable with your friends and they were more vulnerable with you in high school, I think you would have had these epiphanies yes. much earlier on in life. And I'm saying yes. that as someone who wasn't vulnerable enough in high school. Like, I'm part of the problem in that. But, like, I feel yeah. like once you have enough friends that you're very open with or go to therapy, which is another great option, you don't really have this sort of self-awareness that he sort of has well, here in this moment. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's coming-of-age stories from, like, Catcher in the Rye to Angus is just like people are scared. They think they're all alone. They think that no one understands them just because they have a hard time being actually vulnerable. And that's a whole part of the coming of age story because usually they are more vulnerable as they go through the film or the Yeah, and either you become more vulnerable and become like a great, nice person or whatever, or you kill John John Lennon. Lennon. So, I mean, it could go either way. Get out of my brain. Paige, I love you so much right now. <laughs> I was waiting for I was like, oh, is he going to do it? Damn it. Yeah. But Paige, I knew I had to start talking first or you were going to beat me to the punch. <laughs> oh. oh. I came into this episode wanting to be vulnerable. I'm going to do it. Said the one who was laughing while we were crying. <laughs> I'm glad you're the only one who hasn't cried, asshole. You guys have once again stolen my movie and my moment, and now it's all about (laughs) y'all. Oh, my God. So he gets to the dance, and Troy is like, what are you doing here? Because he knows it's going to happen. Yeah. And Angus is like, I'm the entertainment. So at this point, he's just like, I get it. Yeah, this captures the moment where a bigger sensitive guy develops a really sharp sense of humor. It's when he breaks his side. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is why I'm not crying. <laughs> and Ugh. this is how you make a Mikey. <laughs> yeah. This is how you make someone who has a roast battle title in Japan. <laughs> I really want someone to take the artwork for making a murderer uh. and change it to making a Mikey <laughs> and then just have a picture of Mikey's face uh. on it. Make that and post it in the Facebook group immediately, please. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Anyway, Troy is just like, hey, they are planning something. He doesn't say I'm sorry ever, which is kind of a bummer, but he's just like they're doing it please don't go in there and angus says something amazing which is just screw him i want my moment and i was just like yeah yes <laughs> so but then and they tell you they're like screw you screw you do you want to walk in together which i thought was very sweet and pretty funny so natalie actually brought up their relationship she was like they're so mean to each other like no they're just boys <laughs> yeah. yeah and i was like that's actually 
pretty accurate to how I was with my friends. Like <laughs> we yeah. would be super mean to each other, knowing <laughs> that we fully loved each other. Like it wasn't right, right, it's like right, sort right, of right. how Mikey and I are to each yeah. other now. Yeah. Like it's well, just it's just sort of the way guys relate to each other. I would say it's uh, even past guys, it's people who are either guys or felt like they were outcasts relate to each other. Yeah. Anyway, they go into the dance. Troy goes to the bathroom. Angus goes to he's gonna go to the hors d'oeuvres, but on the way he runs into James Vanderbeek, who is a consummate douche and is basically like, oh, here's my girlfriend. Give her a chance to compare. See what it's like to have quality over quantity, which is a brilliantly written line by the screenwriter. I'm like, there's no way a high school kid is that (laughs) brutal. Brutal. He probably beat up Troy until Troy gave him that line. (laughs) Because Troy knows enough about Angus to know how to hurt him. Like That's why I think that they honed in on Troy. Yeah. And I do I do love how this film is like the physical threat isn't there, which is different than a lot of bullying films. Yes. But then yes. like Angus is like, I have to hold back so it gets suspended, which is like his whole internal conflict because he's like, right. all I want to do is just beat the shit out of him. And, and yeah. I could. And I could. <laughs> and I, I could kill yeah. you. I could kill you. <laughs> Mikey having yelled that in his own head to <laughs> someone before. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mikey, who was your James Vanderbeek? Let's oh, name yeah, them publicly yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was that yeah, kid yeah, who, yeah. like, shook me while I peed. Remember I told that story where I, like, Oh, pelt- yeah, I- that's right. That's right. That's right. What's his name and home address? <laughs> <laughs> so, they have to go behind the stage to get ready for their entrance. Yeah. And she just kind of walks past him. But I love her dress, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was here for her prom dress, which is very different from most. I loved it. So he's struggling to open the corsage box. Yeah. And he's just kind of fumbling. He finally gets it out. We're we're glancing over, like, the sweating when nervous thing, which is, like, a total me move. No, no, no. That's right after this. It's as he's trying to help put the corsage on, on her. her yes yeah that she says i sweat when i get nervous don't you and and he's like i i sweat all the time <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking about i've never not sweat and she says well guys are supposed <laughs> to sweat and then she follows it up with i don't like everyone staring at us and he's like you've got to be used to people staring yeah. at you and she's just like no i don't like it and it's this like realization of like Oh, she is just as nervous. Yeah. Like, she's just as scared. And going through her own shit. Well, yeah. I guess we find that out later. Yeah. Yes, because in a total right. Mikey move, as soon as he gets vulnerable, someone tells them all of their stuff immediately. <laughs> stuff they've never told anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's a little out of left field when it happens. But that's why I relate. I was like, wow, this happens. Yeah. So they start their entrance and the tape of him dancing with the balloon plays. Which is embarrassing. But even more embarrassing is it's him talking about the girl. Yes. But in in a very sweet way. And I do think she hears that and internalizes that. Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. But not before the bucket of pig's blood falls and then kills everyone with his mind. He's just like mind murdering everybody. Um, No, but he the video stands out because he is talking about her in a very kind way and not necessarily an objectifying way. And even when Troy kind of interjects on the video to objectify her, he kind of shuts him down. Yeah. He shuts his own friend down to be like, no, she's like a real person. She is. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm assuming he locks the doors of his mind and sets everyone on fire. But before that, (laughs) she runs out of the gym and James Vanderbeek tries to follow her. 
and the principal comes in clutch and is like, no, you don't have in and out privileges. And he's like, well, she just went out. And then Angus goes out after her and the principal's like, yeah, they're uh, the king and queen. So I'm going to make an exception for them. They can go in and out all night. Well, poor <laughs> Angus thinks that she ran out because she's embarrassed of him. Yeah. Because that's what he's building up in his yeah. own mind. And, and he ruined yeah. her night by being himself and all. Yeah. I really relate to this movie because I had such a huge problem with vulnerability for such a long time. Time, mm. which is ironic coming from a therapist but it took me until i was like 30 to like really start dating people and doing relationships and being vulnerable because it's just so scary so, and i have felt that since i was this age and it is something i have struggled with and continue to struggle with and i think that's yeah. why i love this movie so much yeah well and so he gets out to her in the car where she's crying or just like in the parking lot in the parking yeah. lot yeah he's yeah. apologizing and she's like not you you didn't do anything it's him that's so cruel and i was just yeah like, it's my boyfriend yeah. who is terrible <laughs> like i was just like yes like she gets it yeah. um and then she says do you ever get tired of who you are which is like i loved his response yeah and he's, do you know who you're talking to <laughs> like, he's like yes but then this is where she says, and, and this is actually another really fun line that I like, where she says, do you want to know something about me? And he just says, I'd like to know anything about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he fully doesn't, and no one does. And I think all of her actions this night so far, he's like, I... I'm confused as hell. Like, what? Yeah. Tell, <laughs> Tell me everything. Me everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but this is where we find out that she is bulimic. Yeah. Which is super dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love how. Her, and she's like, "Do you know what that is?" And he's like, "Yes, I'm fat. Of course I know <laughs> what that is." But he handles is. it. I think, and Mikey, correct me if I'm wrong, he handles it like you would handle it, with a banger joke to like yes! cool the tensions. <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah, I tried to do it once, but I was still hungry, so I tried to eat my own arm. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's a pretty solid joke for a high schooler to think up off the top of his dome. And like, he tries to like de-escalate the situation, right. let her know she's safe and all that stuff. I thought it was great. I do really hope she gets treatment, but but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do no, think absolutely. In the moment, he did what he could. <laughs> yes. But she tells him, she's like, you're the only person I ever told. And they decide to go back inside. And she, he's like, I can't dance. And she's like, eh, we'll survive. Which, like, I was glad <laughs> that she felt better about it. But I was like, I feel like there would be a lot more crying after the bulimia talk. But sure. But not with that <laughs> banger joke. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Laughter is the best medicine, Paige. Okay, but also some treatment for disordered eating. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's only 15. <laughs> But uh, yeah, do it now before your teeth fall out. He's not yet a therapist. He can't no, get her no. help. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's talking about from Angus's perspective. Yeah. Okay. Like there's only so much Angus can do. She needs to get help. But yeah, he yeah. doesn't know how to help someone with bulimia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey, do you think it's funny that we both grew up to give people good relationship advice? <laughs> right? And at least you got one already. I'm like, <laughs> basically, don't do what I do and move forward. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, everyone should be asking Mikey for advice and then doing the opposite. No, I give great advice. I just do it's an external thing. He, he does the opposite. That's yeah. the yeah. problem. I'm like, I should have done that. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Anyway, they, they go back inside. She picked a slow song for them to dance to. He steps on her foot, but she kind of guides him through the dance and tells him, like, don't concentrate. Just have fun. And he kind of gets the hang of it. Yeah. And she puts her head on his shoulder. It's very sweet. And then Troy from the sidelines is just like, don't fart, Angus. And I was just like, 
That is a thing to worry about, sure. Um, <laughs> and the song ends, and the rest of the dance seems to resume as normal. And James Vanderbeek tries to drag her away and starts a fight and basically says, it's high time I broke your nose for once and punches Angus. Which he yeah. doesn't because he punches like a weakling. Sure. Well, he's much smaller than him. But then he he literally says, like, good thing you're leaving. And Angus says, like, I'm still here, asshole. I'm going to be here. And yeah. I'm and we're all weird. You're not normal either. Fuck y'all. I run this shit. As he's beating him <laughs> up, too. I think that's important to mention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, as as the fight is going, <laughs> well, he's not punching him; he's like pushing him away. Yeah, yeah. but he's falling every time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how he gets away with not getting suspended. Like I Vanderbeek think at does. This point, the principal right. was pretty much on his side, probably from the yeah. beginning. Probably never been suspended for punching him. Yeah. Anyway, she Melissa Lefavor leaves Rick basically like walks away from him and is like, "No, I want to dance with Angus." Like. We're going to dance. Yeah, she wants another dance. Yeah. A not required dance. Right. And as he's going to go dance with her, he invites Troy to come with him. And he just says, do you want to spaz out with me on the dance floor? <laughs> yeah. Which is very sweet. Uh, and before he does, he punches Rick in the face and he breaks his nose. <laughs> yeah. With his cast. It's Troy. Great. Yeah, Troy breaks his nose with his cast. Because, again, Rick broke his arm. So, yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Totally deserved it. And then a girl notices him and he has the same sort of moment. Yeah. It's recycling girl. Yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. It's the same girl. Yes. It's uh, recycling awesome. girl. I, I did not realize that. That's amazing. So they all go have a good time on the dance floor. And then Melissa asks, will you walk me home after the dance? And he does the Irish swoon where he like dips her. Yes. And they walk home. And she kisses him goodnight and walks inside. He puts his crown and his jacket back on. And then we get the voiceover that like Rick got suspended and Angus doesn't go to Jefferson. He stayed at his high school and he's basically glad that he had his moment and maybe he'll go on to have another and maybe she likes me. Who knows? I'm here if she decides that that's what's going on, but I'm going to basically... Yeah. go live in a way that is less afraid than I yeah, have Yeah, he, he basically says, yeah. I'm going to live going after one moment and then the next, and then I want another right. moment, and then I'm going to have my moments, and, you know. I loved that. Yeah. I was yeah. afraid it was going to build to them like, oh, now she's with him, and that's super unrealistic considering she just broke up with her boyfriend that night. It's also not the point of the movie. I, think. I right. know. That's, yes. that's why I'm so glad they didn't do it. Like, yeah. I, I think the point of the movie that George C. Scott's death really drives home is that you've got to chase these moments. You know, one at a time, chase them down and have them. And I, he does. He celebrates it. And then that's, and that's, that's the movie. Oh, credit. So I think we've, we've clearly talked a lot about this movie. I'm not sure yeah. we're going to have much final thoughts, but I am glad I watched it. I wish I had watched it when I was younger. It's a great movie. That's yeah. my final thought. Yes. Thank you for coming with me to my childhood. <laughs> I, I'm torn. And, and Mikey, you might be able to corroborate this for me. Yeah. I feel like even seeing it as a teenager, I wouldn't have fully grasped it. I feel like there are some things about the experience that this movie depicts that you only get from life experience and growing up. I agree. I think at the time it just felt good to being like, wow, they made a movie 
for with like a fat me. guy. Yeah, with yeah. Like, well, yeah, and but I related it to it more just as like they don't make movies about emotionally driven dudes who can play yeah. sports and you know they mm-hmm. make decisions based on emotion and, yeah. and the fat stuff and like not being super cool but not being like a super lo- like having your own thing. Right. I mean, at the time I was like they don't make movies like this, and it's one of the reasons right. I like movies that are well written because it's like not like a normal teen movie, and yeah. I think it transcends that. When I watched it this time, I like straight up cried like man i'm so glad this was a part of me growing up and i i I think i related to it more of how i turned out looking back than i did at the time but i loved this movie then i I wish they made more movies like this that are more realistic and they set good messages and i think they have a couple of times but like especially the ending because it's been very tempting and very easy to be like he gets the girl blah 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 and that's not realistic and i think he still learned his lesson and was happy by the end. Yeah. And it wasn't dependent on someone else, but he got a moment, you know. Being okay being vulnerable doesn't mean that it's going to end well. It just means you have to be okay being scared. Yeah, well, that's why I love the ending of Dumplin' too. Yes, oh yeah. It's something that Dumplin' also does. But I honestly would love a remake of this, like a mm-hmm. present-day remake of this, I think would be so good. But yeah, yeah, no, I've cried enough. I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no but that's i mean this i i want you both to know that that was that's my struggle is like being vulnerable and not being superman and like all that stuff so this movie really captures that i don't mean to hurt you mikey but i don't think anyone was going to confuse you with superman wow wow <laughs> you didn't murder half a city uh, yeah. block of metropolis and then act like it's not a big deal yeah mikey you're not superman you're watchable this is not <laughs> Zack snyder's superman okay <laughs> do you have some fun facts for us page I do. I mean, we we nice. talked about most of them sure. at, when we kind of had to go through like what changes they made. But uh, let's start off with uh, the band Weezer was actually asked to write a song about the film, and they actually write two. Oh yeah, obviously. There's that scene where you know he's wearing that sweater, and someone pulls that thread while they walk away, and it just destroys <laughs> the sweater. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that makes sense. I don't even talk yeah. about how my first concert was like Green Day and Foo Fighters and all that. Like, I wanted those tickets. Not to be weird about it, uh, as a 33-year-old woman, I have those tickets to Hell Omega Tour when it finally happens to see Green Day, Weezer, and Fallout Boy. Yes. Anyway, so Weezer was asked to write a song and Rivers Cuomo actually wrote two songs after reading the script. One of them isn't used. It's a song called Wanda. Uh, Because he sings from a first-person perspective about my mom drives a big rig and my daddy's gay, which was the original plot. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that they do use is You Gave Your Love to Me Softly. So um, they do shoot almost all of the exterior shots uh, in front of an actual high school during an actual football game with an actual marching band. And it's uh, Owatonna High School in Owatonna, Minnesota. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is James Vanderbeek's first film. Really? Is this before the the creek? Yes. Let's get into Green Day. Okay. So throughout the film, Green Day is referenced a ton of times, and that's because the guy who was currently producing Green Day's albums at the time, Rob Cavallo, was also an executive producer on this film. Really? Yes, and he actually hasn't really gone on to produce other movies, just albums, but this was kind of almost like his way of like, hey, I've got this new band that's coming out, basically. That's amazing. Yeah. The original title for this movie, which I totally understand why it doesn't work as a film title, but I think it's a better descriptive title, is A Brief Moment in the Life of Angus Bethune. Oh, that's a good title. 
that is a good yeah. title because it really brings home this like it's just a moment like he's yeah. making it this huge thing but it is one moment well it's also based on a short story and i wonder if that's the name of the short story i think it is the short story yeah and james vanderbeek was 18 years old in this movie playing a 14 year old yeah. which makes sense so charlie talbert who plays angus met the director in kind of a weird way where he was caught making fun of him behind his back and the director was like well then maybe you should audition for this movie if you're so fucking funny and he did and ends up basically getting the part <laughs> but like th those are our fun facts that's about all we've got for this that's movie. amazing but, yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing all right well, let's do some box office then so what do you guys think the budget for this movie was I don't think this is a lot. I think this is low budget. Five mil? Ten? It was $1.5 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. So it came out on September 15th, 1995, and was eighth at the box office Ooh. the week it came out. Also in the box office, I'll just run down the list. Number one was Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for the Memories, that whole movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so great. Clockers, I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming it's about dicks. Dangerous Minds. <laughs> Hackers, Usual Suspects, oh. Braveheart, oh my God, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Not yes, but no. <laughs> and then Angus. Angus is number eight. So that that was the order, right? So like it was out at a time where huge movies was out, and it still made one point nine million dollars at the box office, and it was eight. And it made $1.9 million. That's really good for Have pretty sure my mom took me to see this in middle school. Interesting. That's probably appropriate. Have you seen Mortal Kombat? Uh, yes. My mom also took me to see Mortal Kombat <laughs> in middle school. I saw Mortal Kombat this weekend in the theater. I and was it still definitely holds up there page. opening weekend for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's still the best video game movie, uh, except for maybe Sonic the Hedgehog that I'm, just came out no. this year. What? No. No, no, no. This is a hot take. I really like the Prince of Persia movie. I was going to go Lara Croft Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie. No. Terrible. you got to watch the Sonic the Hedgehog right now. I, I haven't watched Sonic, and I really want to because that was my game of choice before You've got now. to. You've just got to. And I love Ben Schwartz. So I'm in. No, but Mortal Kombat's better. Wait, do you just like Sonic because he's got too many damn teeth in his mouth? No, no, no. <laughs> that James Marston. <laughs> he liked the first version of Sonic before they changed it back. No. <laughs> Where he's got like old people dentures. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That movie is so ridiculous. You, like you want, like you just go in expecting this movie to be like so terrible. And honestly, my close personal friend James Marsden is in it. So I really should see close it. Close yeah. personal friend. <laughs> friend of the pod. <laughs> we hung out that time. We uh, ran into each other at the National airport and he was super nice to me for no reason he's <laughs> so nice <laughs> well he's no ryan gosling so that's why the notebook is the way it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah a movie that glorifies murder suicide so what do you think <laughs> angus went on to make Oh, not much. Five million in 1995. Yeah, yeah, probably like five million. But it, I mean, with a budget of 1.5 and it made 1.9 its first weekend, that's actually that's pretty good. That's a win. Yeah, yeah I would say somewhere between five and ten million. Maybe? Yeah, so it made 4.8. So 4.8 million dollars, which okay. is respectable. It's not awesome. It wasn't a hit, but it's also it did 1995. Fine. Oh yeah, you if know? you adjust for inflation, that's a little over 10 million dollars. So yeah. yeah, I think for the type of movie this is, it's kind of a small, quieter movie. I think that's respectable, I would say. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. But that is your box office. Do you guys think they're still together? No, and no. I don't think that's the point. Exactly. I don't yeah. think that's the point. I just have to ask. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe they stayed friends. 
Well, who knows? Yes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I think it's very unlikely because it's high school. But yeah, yeah. So the one thing that I think was glaring was there's no way that Angus could afford that house as a high school student. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't look up like any money fun facts because I was like, they're children. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was funny. So this week, Mikey made us watch Angus, and honestly, Mikey, thank you so much. This movie was an experience for all of us. I think we uh, became closer friends as a result of it, thank and I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. But next week, I won't be giving us the same opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Because this movie was brought up last night and I was like, we do need to do that movie because I haven't seen it or at least don't remember it. The movie is 13 going on 30. Oh, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, we are eventually going to have to do 13. I've only seen it once and I remembered not super liking it. So I'm. Oh, I'm really? Yeah. Well, I'm curious on a rewatch if I will. Because that I feel like that's what's happened a couple times in this movie where there was something I was like, yeah, I don't really like this. And then on a rewatch, I was like, oh, I like this a lot better than I thought. We call those redemption watches in the Facebook group. Yeah. The show. And I, I love that. But Mikey, Natalie, and I talked about this movie last night. And I looked it up when I got home. And it has one of my favorite people in it. Mark Judy Ruffalo? Greer. Oh, no, Judy well, Greer. Well, okay. Ruffalo. But I love Judy Greer. Like, as Judy Just Greer has general. her own, like, starring romantic comedy movies we could watch. I mean... All right, we'll do those too. But we were just yeah. talking about this last night and it made me think about it. Yeah. So your homework this week is to get Mountain Dew Code Red drunk <laughs> and watch 13 going, going on, on 30. 30. But once you're 30, have a glass of wine. <laughs> and if you're Mark Ruffalo, be the nerd Hulk with the sweater. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> to the surprise of no one. And grow some scrub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, if he was just wearing plaid during that whole Hulk scene. <laughs> Here for it. Here for it. Yo, she is into a lumber hulk. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm also, I'm here for the existing hipster hulk that we got in the last movie. So, yeah, That's lumber true. hulk, please. <laughs> All right, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? <sighs> no, I forgot. I don't know how you don't know this happens every time we record anything. You always forget to do it. But while you look it up, let me explain how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review. You're going to get punched in the nose. <laughs> so, Mikey, once you're done punching me in the nose, whose review are you going to read? I'm going to do, it's pronounced Leela. Like Futurama? Leelu. Oh, like L- Lilu Dallas multipass? Like Lilu Dallas multipass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what it seems to be. She says, oh, thank God. I'm oh. on my third tour of cult podcasts, and it's getting to where I can quote all the episodes by rote. Uh, so I'm freaking pumped to realize I love Paige's new venture, too. Oh, awesome. I needed this. Romancing the pod is great. These three are pros. They're hilarious, and their chemistry is solid. It's like sitting at a table talking about classic movies with your homies, except even better because you get to be alone. <laughs> this review clearly written by an introvert no, no, no. As, as i drive around at night to stay sane without going out of my house for real just listening to podcasts i feel that so hard <laughs> <laughs> she ends the review with i'm about to binge all the available episodes because i have zero self-control like that keep it up amigos five stars from me uh, thank jesus for the dome yeah, thank you so much, Lulu Dallas Multipass, Lulu. for that awesome five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, 
Black Card Rehab, and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete me. To completion. Laters, babies! <laughs> Toodle pip. You're my heroine. Oh, oh God. my God. It's never, it's, I know it's coming and I never like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to New Moon so I can get more lines from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs>